0: This is the Glowing Older Podcast, hosted and produced by Nancy Griffin and Catherine Lord. We curate this podcast to feature leaders in the business of aging well, who provide services and products that help us all glow older. Learn more about us and our coaching work at glowingolder.com. Hello and welcome to the Glowing Older Podcast, where we interview experts on innovation in the business of aging well. I'm your host, Nancy Griffin, and I'm so pleased to be here today with Robert Signore, president and co-founder of Thrive Pavilion. Welcome to the show, Rob.
1: Thanks, Nancy. It's really great to be here. I'm a a big fan of Glowing older. I've listened to every episode uh, many of them probably more than once. And it's just a great honor to be a guest on your show today.
0: Oh, well, thank you. And I just love what you're doing. Before we dig into Thrive Pavilion, please tell us about your background.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I always find it easier to talk about my background sort of working backwards in time, so maybe we'll we'll take it that way. Uh, so as you said, I'm the president and co-founder of a nonprofit organization, uh, The Thrive Pavilion, and The Thrive Pavilion's uh, mission is to encourage the use of uh, spatial computing, virtual reality, goes by the metaverse, goes by a couple of names right now. Uh, by older adults to overcome loneliness and social isolation. And really specifically, we kind of focus on like how to create authentic connections and interactions between uh, seniors using the social capabilities of this technology. In terms of my background, uh, I I, I don't work directly or never worked directly in the senior living industry, but until recently, I was the head of a product for an age tech company, uh, K4 Connect. And they provided resident engagement systems to the senior living industry. So well-known company, Uh, you know, it's uh, like resident mobile apps, digital signage, and things like voice technology, like Alexa. Uh, Matter of fact, K4 is is the leading uh, provider of Alexa devices in the senior living industry. And, you know, I'm real proud to have pioneered that product uh, for the industry and also uh, for K4. My background really is in the software industry. Um, I started out as a software engineer and uh, did uh, worked as an engineer in sales, and then really uh, started to gravitate to uh, product management and exec- executive roles in product management. Uh, I've, been, I've been part of a lot of startups um, from the early days of the PC, um, the internet, e-commerce, mobile devices, um, home automation, and voice technologies like Alexa. And, and particularly, I find myself involved uh, with these technologies as businesses uh, really start to incorporate those technologies into their daily operations. And you know, for me, what I do is I see spatial computing or virtual reality. It's really the next logical step in our technological uh, evolution. And you know, I feel really fortunate that not only do I think the the technology is is fascinating, uh, but I also get to combine it with my mission of uh, helping older adults. And quite honestly, you know, I do feel that it's going to have a significant impact uh, on uh, older adults' emotional and uh, mental well-being, uh, probably, you know, far greater than any of the other technologies that I've worked with in the past.
0: I love that. Well, tell us a little bit about how you came up with the idea for Thrive Pavilion.
1: Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I think the backstory is, it's always, it's it's very interesting and, and probably uh, common to uh, probably some, some other backstories, right? And it comes from uh, things from my personal life, but also what's happening, uh, what's happening professionally during the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Uh, To let you know a little bit about me and my family, my wife and I, we live in North Carolina and we have two grown children. We have a son who lives really far away. He lives in Helsinki, Finland. And at the time, my daughter was living in San Diego. Uh, So during the pandemic, you know, we did all the obvious things. We employed, we used FaceTime calls, we watched synchronized movies on Netflix, we played word with friends. We all got into Nintendo's Animal Crossing and all those things to really try and stay connected as a family because we we couldn't visit uh, one another. Um, but also, like during the pandemic, I I went ahead and I purchased myself uh, a MetaQuest VR device, and I got it primarily for like exercise. And uh, I also sent one to my daughter. They're relatively inexpensive; they're only a few hundred do- dollars. She also, you know, wanted some motivation to exercise. You know, indoors when she wasn't able to to get outside even besides doing the uh, exercise she and i started to play some uh, virtual reality games together and one night i can remember this we were we were playing this game called cookout and essentially what you're doing is you're together and you're making sandwiches for like customers at a window and you're in a computer generated space You're interacting with one another as avatars, you know, which are really good. They have good facial expressions, their mouth moves. You can high five and do all that stuff. We're just having a lot of fun. Anyway, when we were done, my wife was like, what on earth were you guys doing? You guys were laughing and having so, so much fun. Really want to, you know, I, I want to participate in this. So I was lucky that I had an older VR device that was still hooked up to my computer. So the three of us, one night we got online and we started playing the game together. We had a great time. But what really sticks in my head is what my wife said after we were done. And it, it was something to the effect of, like, she knew that our daughter was not in the same room. But it actually felt like she was. Because she could see her, she could hand her things, she could see her face, she could interact with her, if, like they were in a real kitchen. So it was a really overwhelming positive experience. And, you know, I don't know about you, but every time I kind of get off a FaceTime call with my kids, honestly, I actually miss them more. I actually sometimes feel worse than uh, before the call. Um, But then again, you know, if you think professionally, we all went through this during the COVID-19 pandemic. But, you know, in senior living, one of the great advantages, of course, of of senior living is the organized socialization and the engagement at the communities and that will just all stopped during the pandemic, and I do feel that the industry did a great job, the Herculean effort of you know employing the things like Zoom calls and YouTube videos, kind of help their residents stay connected, or you know at least occupied when they were stuck in their living space. Um, and then I think the industry did a great job of adopting these technologies rapidly. But I would I wouldn't think that today anybody would say that it created or really maintained you know uh, an emotional social connection between residents um, like engagement you know does in the real world um so as the pandemic restrictions started to lift uh and you know we got back personally and in the industry we got back to socializing again in the real world you know what i did realize is that there's still this huge population of older adults who remain isolated uh because they have limitations in the physical world and perhaps that you know, this technology could really benefit them. So the three of us, my wife, my daughter, and myself, we actually founded the Thrive Pavilion back in April of 22. So we're just about 18 months into it. And honestly, we created it mostly as an experiment to see, you know, would older adults participate in social activities and virtual reality? Were there older adults using the technology? You know, is it possible even to create activities that are designed around the area of wellness? Would folks, you know, come back? That's a big thing. If you're going to have this community, then it has to be. You know, people have to be part of it and and come back to it. And then, of course, ultimately, you know, did it fulfill its goal of uh, providing a social connection? So that's the that that's the background of of Thrive, and and how we we came up with it.
0: So I was lucky enough to listen to the activity strong webinar, where you put on your VR headset and walked us through, since this is audio only just walk us through without visuals, how it works.
1: Yeah, sure thing. So yeah, if you fast forward from, from April to today, uh, we have about 400 members. most of those members come from the USA and Canada. We do from time to time people that participate from the UK and really just like a community center that would be in the real world in your town or city uh, we have a real community center but it's inside the Metaverse uh, and we use um, uh, the uh, the MetaQuest headset that's how people access it and the community which is called the Thrive Pavilion is located in Meta's social application called um, Horizon Worlds. Um. We have, uh, 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 we publish our activities. We have a website that people can find our activities on thrivepavilion.org. Uh, we have a very active social presence on Facebook, also at Thrive Pavilion. And that's where a lot of our members communicate with each other when they're not in VR. And right now, uh, we're hosting activities about once a day. We have activities that are both in the morning and in the evening. And generally they are designed around the the areas of wellness. And and like I said, the the way a member comes to the Thrive Pavilion, uh, when they put on their headset, they're inside a virtual reality and they are participating in our activities as a computer generated avatar with other members who are also avatars and all of our activities occur in computer generated spaces. Um, And you know, in a lot of our activities, Are uh, you you would find them in like real world activity programs at senior communities. We have things like book clubs. Um, We collaborate with an organization called aging is cool and they run uh, in the real world. They run activities in, in Texas and Arizona, but they leave a lead, like a monthly discussion group on topics related to aging. They also host brain games at the thrive pavilion inside of horizon worlds. We have a lot of social activities. Last week we had our August monthly birthday party where there was a virtual cake and we sang happy birthday to our August members uh, uh, that have birthdays in August. Uh, We play games like uh, cards, charades, we have trivia nights. Um, Matter of fact, this morning we were were playing Uno uh, with a group. Um, We also do physical activities. So the, the great thing about the technology, it does allow you to use your body. So we'll play uh, games, uh, physical games like cornhole, bocce, darts. Those are very popular. Um, We even coordinate a virtual mini golf league uh, that's ongoing and you play different people every week. So you get to meet new people within the community. Um, Being on a platform like Horizon Worlds, we really have this ability to collaborate with a lot of other very creative people. Uh, There's a group that runs a small theater company that performs, you know, 15-minute live theater productions. So we'll go and uh, be in the audience of these theater productions. There's a medical society there called House Call VR, and they do monthly health-related seminars. And there's a ton of art in the metaverse as well. So very often, uh, we'll go and we'll visit the art, often with the artists, and they'll explain their motivation and and the things that they've created. And then there, there are even activities that are, like, impossible to do in the real world. Uh, for example, um, this week, we're actually going to go and play Family Feud. And when we play Family Feud or we'll play things like Wheel of Fortune, the participants are literally on the stage like the TV set. So you were standing behind the big wheel. There's a big board with the letters. You come up to the podium and press the button. So when you're playing the game, you are completely immersed in the game as if you were a participant in, in the TV show. Um, we do other things again, that are not possible in the real world or would be hard to do. Um, we do things like escape rooms, which are which are really great uh, because it allows the members to get together and, and sort of solve these puzzles collectively. And what's wonderful about doing them in virtual reality is that these rooms can be as large as pyramids or they may take places on spaceships or you know, or on the factory floors. So these are the activities that we that we do, you know, monthly, and we have we have people that have been with us um, since the beginning. Uh, we uh, have uh, new members almost every week. We had a few join us um, yesterday last night. We were doing uh, like improv games where you learn how to like be an improv player, like whose line is it anyway? That was a real fun activity, but it's a place where people, like I said, from all over the country, in some cases all over the world, can come together and socialize with one another even if it, that may be difficult to do in the real world.
0: You uh said in the activity strong webinar that you have some people that are are actually in their beds and and can't get out.
1: Yes, that that's very true. So, you know, there there's there's always um uh for many members there's a root cause for the isolation in the real world. Um and uh for some it could be a diminishing social circle, right? It could be due to the fact that family members have moved away, or very often there's a loss of a loved one that was a big part of their social network. Um, You have mentioned, we do have members that have medical conditions that prevent them from getting out of their home. Um, On that uh, Activity Strong webinar, we met one of our members who, she says that she has MS uh, and she's stuck in bed, and she will describe virtual reality, and I'm quoting her, I'm not being hyperbole, a VR has given her her life back. It yes. is the way that she socializes. You know, Otherwise she would be alone or, or stuck in bed most of the day watching TV, but this is a way for her to get out and exercise, uh, to socialize, to meditate. So it's really become, and it's not just thrive. She does many other things there as well, but she's really incorporated it into what she does so that she can remain uh, active as best as possible. Um. We have members that may join us because it's hot in Texas or it's raining in New York or they lack uh, transportation. Um, In some cases, maybe the anxiety of even getting dressed and ready to go out could be overwhelming. Um, We even have a few members that are caretakers of their spouses that uh, may have uh, something like dementia. So uh, the spouse is socially isolated, therefore they themselves as the caretaker are socially isolated as well. And what this allows them to do, what Thrive allows them to do is, is to get maybe a few hours of social socialization in a day and still remain like within earshot of the person that they are caring for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it, it seems like um, that that a lot of the current members are encouraging their peers to join them. Come join yeah. me. We're having so much fun. And it's clear exactly. that they're having so much fun. and And it yeah. really is. Um, combating loneliness, but how do you, um, how do you, how are you going to overcome the fear of technology? I hear from so many of um, the people that I interview on the podcast that Oh, older people just don't want technology, and and we find that again and again. And and even I, uh, when I first heard about this, was like, oh, I'm not sure because of my own fears of the metaverse, literally. So, um, how do you um get people started and get them to overcome their fear of technology?
1: Yeah, you know, that that is a that's a good question. I'm really I'm really glad that you asked that. And and for me, again, if I put my product management hat on. Uh, for me, when I hear statements like that, like a good product manager is going to ask the question, why? Like, why do people say that? You know, we probably heard these things. It's like, you got to ask why three or five times, whatever, to kind of get to the the, uh, the root cause. So the way that I see the root cause of, of seniors not liking technology, um, when we think of high tech, because they use technology, we're talking about you know the generations that sent people to the moon. You know generations that created cable TV, generations that made jet airplanes. So uh, uh, they they use technology. I think when I if we get down to the why of that, um, when we look at what we call the the current state of high tech, which is essentially the mobile internet, and the mobile internet is a two dimensional piece of glass that you interface with using your finger or a mouse pointer, right? That's how you interface with it. And you, uh, for much of the older generation, is that they did not learn how to use uh, this technology when they were younger. Because essentially to be proficient in that technology, it requires a huge amount of abstractions to get your task done. Uh, what do I mean by, so whenever you use a technology, whatever it is, you're 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 either trying to balance your checkbook or have a, have a conversation with somebody or, or, you know, play a card game, whatever, you're still trying to accomplish a task. And when we think of these two-dimensional interfaces, th- they have had to create a whole um, uh, field of study called user interface and user experience. To create these abstractions to do tasks that you would do in the real world, but, but not in a real world way. When we and when when I think about it, is the things that you learn as an infant, um, as a toddler, as uh, uh, an adolescent on, we learn how to talk, we learn how to listen, we learn how to use, use our body, how to manipulate things with our hands, our feet, run and jump, et cetera that's how uh humans are designed to interface with things in the world and with each other. And when we think of high tech in this mobile internet, you don't do that. You have all of these abstractions that are get into the way that are unnatural that are kind of, are learned are are learned behaviors that many older adults have not learned. What I see the advantage of um spatial computing or virtual reality is that it, it takes away a lot of those te- high-tech abstractions and you start to interface with or use the technology in a way that um, you were, your body is designed to work. You interface it with the way that you, you learn to interface with the world as a toddler, as a child, as an adolescent these, many of these abstractions start to go away. And I'll, I'll give you a good example of that is today we were, we were playing Uno, right? You, you know, Uno, you sit around a table, you have cards, you know, you put a card down, uh, etc. Uh, et when we're playing it inside of virtual reality, you are literally sitting around a table. You have cards that you're holding in your hand. You take the card and you put it on the pile. If I want to To, you know, often in Uno, like you have that skip card or, you know, draw two, you know, and you feel bad that you're kind of, you know, causing trouble for the person next to you. So you're like, oh, I'm sorry. Or, you know, haha, take this, you know, depending on what your personality is. And if I want to talk to that person who's to my left, I just turn my head and talk to them. So the abstractions of playing the game, it's just like I'm doing it around a real card table. If you think about how you would do that on a mobile device or a computer, we would have all these abstractions in our way. That it would be some abstraction of the table that I would have to touch the card with my finger and drag it. Uh, Maybe I would have, you know, squares of video of the people that I'm playing with. Um, And really in virtual reality, that stuff goes away. And what you start to get are the benefits. So the older adult can really get that social connection benefits of the t- technology without having to worry about how do I work through and learn all the abstractions.
0: Well, I'm sold. <laughs> I, I, I really, I, I'm sold on this whole concept. So um, how do you see Thrive Pavilion working in senior living and with home care providers?
1: Yeah, so when I look at, uh, when I think of senior living, obviously coming from the senior living uh, uh, senior living space from a technology space, uh, they're really, you know, there are a lot of different populations of older adults, right? Not every older adult is not the same. It's not like when you turn 65, all of a sudden, you know, you become a patient, right? You, you have a very vibrant life. So uh, we're not targeting, what we do, and we'll talk a little bit about our demo, the demographics of people that come to Thrive is, and like I said, we started this as an experiment. So we really learned a lot about the who that comes to Thrive. So we're not targeting uh, the engagement operations of senior living. Uh, what we are doing there is we are working with the National Certification Council for activity professionals who are by far you know, the experts on how to train activity professionals uh, in person-centric care and person-centric engagement. So what we're doing with uh, uh, the NCAP is really more of like a train the trainer. So we are educating them and creating training materials with them that then they can use to train activity professionals on how to incorporate a social virtual reality into a person-centered engagement program. Um, And honestly, there are a lot of good vendors in in, let's say that um, uh, VR space, uh, in uh, uh, engagement, there there's uh, people like uh, Via Vita. I, I know the CEO, uh, Carly Berman very well, uh, that provide uh, technologies into senior living, people like Rendever, VR. The things that they do are a little bit different where they are, they'll bring a group of older adults into a single room and then they'll all participate in like, like going down to Ghana or taking a trip somewhere. The really great experiences. But we're really focused on how do you bring that socialization to people who are still living in their home. Um, and that's really what our demographic is. Um, it's it's a, a typically a Thrive member. Uh, they're generally between the ages of uh, 50, uh, late 50s, uh, and we have many members are actually into their early 80s. Um, all of them really living still independently in their home and often a Thrive member is living alone. Um, so they're near retirees uh, to people that have been retired for several years, and I would say if, if we were to average out uh, our members' age, they're late sixties to early seventies, and it's really um, uh, what Bob Kramer from the NIC what he would call the forgotten middle. That that is really the demographic that that thrive that that uh, seems to be attracted to what Thrive is doing. So. Now, as we look into the near future of what I'd like to do with Thrive, I could see uh, working perhaps with a few, maybe very forward thinking senior living operators who can see an, uh, the advantage of like building that social connection between uh, seniors that are actually, let's say in their pipeline. So you could you could imagine that you know, an operator could build uh, a virtual community that is associated with their brand and start to build sort of this these social and emotional bonds with prospective residents while they're still living at home. And it's really an excellent way for uh, prospective residents to experience your brand, right? To to socialize within your community, perhaps months or like even years before they may need, need your physical services. And then you know, when they're when that member is ready for senior care. They're going to like move into the place where they already have a, an established social network and community. So it yeah. could be like a form of a white label version of Thrive that might be specific to that operator. But what we're also doing is, you know, thinking again about our demographic, uh, we're also currently exploring partnerships and sponsorships with organizations that focus on the demographic that Thrive attracts. So that could be people like financial service companies or health and insurance companies. You know, it's a great way perhaps for uh, to support Thrive and associate the the message of what their company does and still provide some of the social connection uh, to their uh, perspective, uh, prospective customers.
0: That makes a lot of sense. So tell us briefly, what's a vignette? Oh yeah, hey, thanks
1: for asking. So um, an, a vignette is, uh, I'll tell you, probably the origin story is the best way to, to explain it. Uh, we were having our uh, Halloween party uh, in, last uh, October, and one of the members, uh, we so we're standing around there socializing and talking, and one of the members said, hey, let's tell stories about what it was like when we were younger uh, and to go trick-or-treating. Um, and she told this, she lived in um, New York City, lived in an apartment building. And what she would do as a little girl, like if she knocked on the door of the apartment and no one answered the door, the kids would, would smack the door with a sock full of uh, uh, chalk, like colored chalk and put a mark on the door to tell the other kids that the people weren't home. And uh, people shared a lot of other hilarious stories. But what, what it gave us the idea of is Obviously, older adults have a a lot of wisdom and stories that they wish to share uh, with with each other and also with uh, future generations. So we came up with this project that we call Vignettes and essentially what Vignettes is, is if we have an older adult that has a story that they wish to share, we will uh, partner them up with a 3D artist uh, inside of Horizon Worlds. And those two will collaborate on telling that story in a very small, uh, essentially like a three-dimensional uh, art piece. So if, when you go to a vignette, you will hear the older adult kind of tell the story, but you know, it's very uh, very similar to, let's say something like Tailgate for Joy does where they'll videotape the, the uh, older adult telling the story. So we record the story and the older adult, you can hear the older adult telling the story. But the art piece also uh, recreates the visuals of that story that as the story receiver, you can then walk into the the story that they're telling and experience the memory as the older adult is explaining it. So we have have three that we have launched. We have one that is told by uh, a, a member who is in her 90s, uh, about uh, the feast of Saint Fortunata back in in Little Italy back in the 1930s, and how she was a little girl, uh, probably about eight or nine years old, and she played the part of an angel that is uh, hanging above the line uh, on a line above the crowd, and that her job was to silence the crowd, right? And her dad, here's a 96 year old woman explaining. Uh, how proud her dad was like how she remembers that how vivid it is of how proud her dad was of her of being this angel so you can hear the story and then you can you can be part of the procession and see her and the procession uh, along the streets of little italy we have another one uh, uh which is a story about uh, uh a member when she when she was a little girl at the 1965 world's fair in queens and what she remembers about that and the experience of that day. We just actually launched one last week of uh, another member, a woman in her eighties, that kind of recreated what high tech was when she was a kid. So she talks about the typewriter and the telephone and the phonograph and and uh, the Encyclopedia Britannica. So you can go into this house and you can touch and interact with these objects and hear you know what they meant or how they were used when she was little but it's just a really great way to uh, share these stories from our elders in a way that this immersive technology uh, really brings them to life
0: that's so great and you really have to get your headset and get online to see um the yeah. real power in this so rob what gets you most excited these days
1: yeah i think what really gets me excited um is you know it's it's um, it's really good to see that we're having other technology vendors starting to get in this space like Apple. So I'm excited to see that because uh, Apple has a, a, just a really great um, uh, group of uh, creators and builders that work in the Apple ecosystem. So I really think we're going to start to see some very exciting uses of this, te- of this technology that people really haven't thought of. Also, uh, as I had mentioned, with with virtual reality, more and more of those abstractions um, from from the two dimensional world, as the technology starts to really improve, more and more of those abstractions start to go away. So it becomes even easier for somebody who is uncomfortable or may feel that they're uncomfortable with high tech to be able to uh, use. Um, spatial computing, et cetera, because because those abstractions really go away. So that is what's really exciting. Um, I also think that, you know, um, with the growth of aging at home and people uh, who um, are necessarily not ready for senior living or, you know, plan on staying at home and healthy for a long time, that um the applicability of something like the Thrive Pavilion, I, I think that we're in the early days. But for me, it's it is um anecdotally, uh certainly our members would share that it really does help them with um with social isolation. Um we've even have started a uh, real brief research study with the University of South Australia, who is studying uh members of the Thrive Pavilion to, to understand its impact and um, uh, uh, and how, the, how effective it may be in combating social isolation. So, again, we're in the early days of it, but I think there's so much that the technology is going to be able to do to really allow people, uh, older adults, to live an engaged social life while um, uh, living at home.
0: I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Rob, and thank you for all you're doing.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Nancy. It was a pleasure talking to you.
0: You have been listening to the Glowing Older podcast. For more information about our planning and coaching services, visit glowingolder.com.